Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So, where does Mississippi State turn now? Well, they play a football game. Let's talk about it here in the Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Doghouse. This is your uh, temporarily under-the-weather host, David Murray. If I have to make uh, occasional cough breaks here, please understand some kind of allergy has blown me up for the last several days. But let's try to get through an edition of the Doghouse because, goodness knows, there's a lot to talk to, a lot to speculate on, quite a bit to think about, and... uh, yeah, not a lot to, uh, that isn't to worry about at this point as Mississippi State makes a total transition again with the football program. I emphasize the again because, as I mentioned to new athletic director Zach Selman, and this was before the decision was made to change, or at least before he had announced his decision to change from Coach Zach Arnett to a new staff, there's going to be a fifth head coach for Mississippi State in 2024 in eight seasons. I know we've raised that point before, but it does bear emphasizing. There will be five head coaches, Dan Mullen, Joe Moorhead, Mike Leach, Zach Arnett, and to be announced between 2017 and 2024. That is no recipe for stability, but then Mississippi State has been far from a stable football program in recent years. The next head coach selection is going to do a lot to either bring stability back, or just continue what's going on. We certainly hope for the former, and Athletic Director Zach Selman, it's up to him to make the choice. He's been given a free hand by Lee Hall, which is one reason why he was also brought in. Now, again, Zach Arnett was hired before Selman was hired, or promoted rather than before Selman was hired. Zach was promoted on the fly in mid-December after the still tragic circumstances regarding the passing of Coach Mike Leach. None could foresee it. None could foresee the results. Um, In retrospect, should Mississippi State have gone the interim route? Well, no, you can't do that. You simply cannot go into a bowl season. Yes, maybe bowl season, but then into recruiting season, then into spring football. Because remember, uh, Zach Selman and uh, we believe Jared Benko were the two finalists in mid-December. They were supposed to be interviewed the week that, in fact, Coach Mike Leach passed. That blew up the interview process. The hire of an athletic director had to be put on hold. As it turned out, it was not made until January 30th. Now, was the decision delayed some because Mississippi State made the quick promotion of Zach Arnett? Sure. It allowed more freedom, but I don't think it would have expedited the process more than a couple of weeks, meaning that had you waited until mid-January to name your athletic director, even early January, Then you've got to go through the coach hiring process, so you're probably right up against spring football practice, never mind the February signing period, without a head football coach. So all retrospective views of Mississippi State should have gone the interim route? No. That was not practical. It was not wise. It was just not going to happen. That said, when Mississippi State wrote the contract for Zach Arnett, 
with the potential buyout being only, as it turns out, and boy, it would come a long way when we say only $4.5 million, well, that made the decision a little bit easier, the potential decision as well, because that was always in the back pocket if things just didn't work out. Things just did not work out. We have to stress, Zach Arnett did not ask for the head coaching job. He'd been primed for it. He was going to be groomed to be a head coach eventually. It just happened a year, probably a couple of years, way sooner than he anticipated, certainly than Mississippi State anticipated. And I sent uh, Zach a private message saying, I'm not going to wish you luck because you're going to be fine. You're going to land on your feet as a defensive coach, as a coordinator, and eventually as a head coach. It just did not work out at Mississippi State for all sorts of reasons. Nobody to blame. Well, unless you want to go all the way back to how Dan Mullen left in 2017 and all the chaotic events since then, uh, the quick hire and then almost as quick firing of Joe Moorhead, the delayed process of getting Mike Leach aboard, then COVID blowing up his first spring camp entirely. Finally, Leach getting his offense established and only in the last month of his last year, remember, because as of mid-2020 season, there were quite a few fans saying, this isn't working, let's go another direction. And now, in review, our memory is made fonder by the tragic events of his passing and the fact that State did win the Egg Bowl and Zach Arnett was able to win the Rodiquist Bowl. But let's not forget that a year ago at this time, as we're going into mid-November, there was still a lot of dissatisfaction with the program was. So uh, this instability is nothing new, but it needs to come to an end. Uh, Can Zach Zach Selman do it with this hire? Well, he needs to, but... Again, it will all have to be seen. You're following, of course, our hot board that Mike Nemeth and Steve Robertson update daily, sometimes even hourly. A lot of names were on the first couple of boards that were never going to be candidates. Probably get a look of some sort, but as far as candidates, no, not really. It's easy to throw those names out. We understand that Super Agent Jimmy Sexton had submitted to Mississippi State already, a list of names, and here's what it would cost to get them. That's just what good agents do, If even if only, and for that matter, in several of those cases, it's simply to get a raise for his current coach at the school they're currently at. It's just how the game is played, no insult intended. So Mississippi State will be using a search firm, not the same firm that was used in previous searches. Uh, Zach Selman's background is different in that regard, so he's going with a different search firm. And he warned us on Monday at our press conference that uh, don't listen to any names you hear, that he's not going to speak publicly on this process until he presents a head coach. A noble sentiment, and I'm sure he will stick to it, but this is a coaching search. This is an SEC coaching search. A fair amount of money is going to be at stake, and not only are agents already throwing names out there to get their own guys raises or better situations, It's also a fact that agents will talk to each other. In fact, agents um, occasionally are the best sources of information on the coaching search, even if it's not their own guy, because they love to talk to each other. They love to gossip with each other. And you'll hear a lot of names out there. And in fact, some of them will be indeed true candidates. Now, is the guy who will be the next head football coach on our hot list? Maybe. Maybe. I don't say that as any insult at all to the work Steve and Mike is doing because they are crushing the phones these days nonstop. But if this is such a new territory because Selman is so new to Mississippi State that from what we understand, 
uh, there's not going to be many people involved in this search uh, from previous administrations. He will trust his own inner circle and probably very few of those, in fact. So I wouldn't look for a lot of leaks from inside the Bryan building. I would expect leaks from agent circles. I would expect leaks from coaches who get contacted or their agents say, hey, it'd be pretty good news to get your name out there and say, oh, I'm not a candidate. Um, And then behind the scenes, yeah, they are candidates. If this sounds confusing, well, this just, again, how the game is being played in these modern days. It used to be much simpler and much quieter because an athletic director would work the rounds, his own phone, um, use letters, not use search firms, use his own connections. And uh, the lack of social media meant that even those candidates who were considered and turned down didn't have any means to get the word out that, oh, hey, yeah, I'm staying at my place. Mississippi State offered me a job. Aren't I wonderful? No, no offense. Again, how the game is played. But I would not put too much stock into some of these things where they say that, um, oh, I'm not a candidate. They may be, they may not be, but a lot of it you have to preserve your own job too while playing the game behind the scenes. And of course, uh, then also the nature of social media is that there is no repercussions for anyone who is uh, either media, real or imaginary, throwing names out there and saying, oh, well, I heard. Well, maybe they heard within the recesses of their own skull, but that probably counts as much as anything. And who knows, you could even be right at this point. When you throw up enough names out there, one of them will eventually hit and you can say, I was right. Well, no, you weren't any more than I would be right in this current moment trying to make a prediction. Do I have a list of names that I think I would like in this position? Well, yeah, I'm not going to share many of them, if any of them at this point, because I want to get further into the process. But I can tell you that there's a couple of sitting head coaches out there who've been at the Power 5 level, maybe or not right now, but have been there, certainly. If that sounds like a certain guy in South Florida, well, yeah, I think that would ring a bell. Um, Would it involve a sitting head coach at a Group of 5 program? Yeah, and if that sounds like a fellow at Tulane, sure. Uh, My moonshot would, of course, be the coach at Kansas. You pull that one off, well, that's automatic. I don't care what it costs, you do it because he certainly has the record at all levels there. But again, that's a Midwest guy. I think there's a John Cougar Mellencamp song in there somewhere who probably would be happier staying with his current occupation, especially as conference realignments take place. And let's be blunt too. Despite the fact that the playoffs are expanding to 12 teams instead of just four, it still is a far easier path to the playoff being a big dog in one of the um, second or third or fourth level leagues, that being, say, the Big 12 or what's, whatever the Pac-12 becomes, even the Atlantic Coast Conference, then it's going to be in the SEC or Big 10. Yes, multiple teams from the SEC and Big 10 will make the playoffs, but only those at the top. And just getting to the top, when you look at the lineup of programs you're going to have now in both leagues, You've done something to get there. Just being in the middle of the pack is going to be an achievement. So if you're thinking that the playoff will be the decider for a head coach in his move, well, yeah, you have easier routes the other way and just as legitimate and probably even a shot at the national title because you don't have the wear and tear during the coaster of the season. At the same time, it's an SEC job, and the SEC jobs, they pay well. They offer access constantly to recruiting and they offer opportunities to get your name out there that, frankly, other leagues just simply do not offer. So Mississippi State definitely has strengths in its favor. 
It also has weaknesses. We don't know what the NIL situation is exactly. We're not supposed to know. We do know it's down near the lower levels of the SEC. Is it the worst off? No. Indications are state is improving its NIL game. Fans are getting a hold of it, but much more is needed. A lot of donations have been coming into basketball lately, but there need to be equal and even greater donations made to the football program. Uh, That's just a challenge out there, and I know, as I said on radio this week, it's kind of a shallow pool financially at Mississippi State. Some things just don't change. Uh, there's, There's always the realities of you're drawing from the same core of people for your Bulldog Club membership, for your season ticket sales, for your NIL donations, and all sorts of other things. Uh, Maybe Zach Selman and staff can find new outreaches as far as fundraising, which will allow fans to start shifting their motivations towards NIL. I certainly would be in favor of that because until the NCAA makes a move that allows schools to directly fund NIL, which opens up an entire, entire bucket full of issues, especially regarding Title IX. We really don't want that. Trust me, you do not want schools being in charge of NIL and all the implications it brings for funding all sports, not just the ones you think the money should be aimed at. I'm sorry if that offends some, but that's just the blunt truth. The courts will get involved. Title IX will make all that money have to be spread around, and you'll be back where you were, maybe even worse off in some situations. So at this point, it is better for Mississippi State, for NIL as it is, to remain outside the purview of Mississippi State directly. However, as you know, there are ways. You get the word across of who you'd like to keep on your roster, uh, who you'd like to be pursuing, what needs to be done in certain directions, and you work from there. And that's why, okay, I'll back up a little bit here. I said on national radio talking to uh, cousin Aaron Murray, joke there, and Cole Kubelik that uh, nobody really understands NIL yet at this level because it still hasn't taken its full clear shape. But you still need a coach who likes working with it, at least tolerates working with it. And Zach Arnett, by the way, was fully bought into NIL, just did not have time or opportunity to really explore that as Mississippi State also gets its NIL game off the ground through Charlie Winfield and the Bulldog Initiative, who have added staff lately, by the way, and you're seeing the results in fundraising for other sports as well as football. But more needs to come in, and we just keep putting out those pleas and you expect Zach Selman and the new head coach to, one among the first things they say when introduced, hopefully within just a couple of weeks, to say, support the Bulldog Initiative. We need your involvement. We need you to buy tickets. We need Bulldog Cup memberships. But we also need NIL. And if you have to choose one over the other, well, find what's in your heart and head that will do the most good directly for Mississippi State football. So I expect the new coach to have a better awareness of NIL and where we think, repeat, think it may be headed and what can and should not be done as far as recruiting and roster retention, both of which are equal because let's get to the roster fact too. We've been asked frequently why the sudden change, why would two games left make the move? It's not so much to, quote, get ahead of other schools who are firing coaches. We're not fishing from the same pond Texas A&M and UCLA are. Let's just be blunt about that. We aren't, nor should we even try because that's a losing game there and could put you behind the curve with the coaches that are available out there. Even Michigan State is going to throw an unbelievable amount of money at the next coach, and if it's a guy who likes being in the Midwest or that sort of region of the country, 
and thinks, well, if I'm going to play the big boys, I might as well play where I'm comfortable, even if it's the Ohio States and Penn States instead of the Alabamas and Georgias and Texases and Oklahomas and others, so be it. No, I think one of the main reasons Mississippi State needed to focus on what's the next recruiting step. Had Zach Arnett and staff remained, every indication is they were going to go a little heavier into junior college ranks than originally planned, as well as specific targets from the transfer portal. And that would come at the detriment of high school recruiting. Now, it's going to be an ongoing debate for in coming years on is high school recruiting kind of taking a back seat regardless because if you do sign these guys and they develop after a year or two, they just become NAL targets for the schools. That's true. Whereas your transfer players, they're stuck because they can't retransfer without sitting out a season. The JUCO guys, their clock is running quicker too, and they can't afford to make a fast move either in most cases. I'm not saying one way is right or wrong, but had Arnett and staff stayed, they were looking for a lot of quick fixes if they were out there for the 2024 season because State is just going to lose so many players off this team. You look at the roster, see how many seniors, graduate seniors there are. Not that many with another COVID year left, by the way. So you have to start plugging and playing really fast. However, with a new coaching staff, you have the option and probably the likely choice of recruiting along not entirely traditional lines, but more traditional lines, i.e. high school, heavy there, reestablish your relationships, which means I think whoever is brought in as head coach, he really needs to keep several members of the current staff, Rod Gibson, Brad Peterson, uh, quite a few others with their contacts with Mississippi high schools, because let's be also frank on this, Mississippi and Mississippi State in particular are not places you just jump into cold and immediately go make recruiting ties. It just doesn't work that way here, for better and for worse. So it'd be wise for the new coach to take advantage of the experience and knowledge that the existing support staff already brings to the office. But Mississippi State will probably now end up going back more towards high school. Yes, there'll still be JUCOs because you've got to have some needs. There'll still be portal, although you've got to be more selective because Mississippi State's learning after several years in the portal that uh, what looks like a sure thing, well, uh, for every Makai Polk out there or uh, Jackie Matthews or others who help out, you end up with, guys who just don't really contribute much, if at all, and tie up that roster spot for not just a year, but sometimes two years because they're not easy to shuffle on out as they can't transfer again without losing a season. I know fans easily talk about processing players. It's not so clear cut as that because they are student athletes. I bet you'd forgotten about that. They are student athletes. And if you you can't just arbitrarily drop their football scholarship midway. That scholarship is good for the full academic year. And then they've got to have a landing place because it ill behooves a people's university, as Mississippi State is, just start booting guys right and left. And this probably applies to every sport, so I should say girls as well, just to make room on the roster because they've still got to find a place to finish their higher education. That still matters at Mississippi State. I know some of you don't think it does. It does to this administration, and it should because that's the nature and what ultimately Mississippi State University is about. But we focus on football and sports in general. So, in fact, uh, now I believe as I record this, four current dogs have opted for the portal, none of whom particularly were difference makers, maybe some depth at wide receiver positions, but 
uh, were not contributors this past year, and state needs a fast fix there. Again, they need a fast fix at defensive backs. Those are the areas I'd go. And if there's any offensive tackles out there, of course, they are rare jewels. Uh, they're sought even more than quarterbacks, believe it or not, because there's fewer of them, and everybody needs them, defensive tackles as well. If you can grab a couple to shore up the depth for this coming season, do it. Otherwise, the core is going to be built around high school recruiting, whether it's in Mississippi, outside Mississippi, and that's where also you have to look at the hire, where his recruiting context, where's his base, where are the high school friends he has that can shift players in his direction. That's also something to consider. And other reasons, of course, I mentioned the contract is a good reason for Mississippi State to make the fast decision. I hate to say that. I like Zach Arnett. I like him as a coach. I like him as a person. I think he has certainly a strong future in this business. But the sad fact was, as of midseason, there was just no energy around the program. Uh, We kept hoping something would happen to spur it up, and then even the win at Arkansas didn't do much to reverse any trends, just kind of um, held steady for a moment, and then losses to Auburn, Kentucky, and now this past weekend, Texas A&M. It wasn't even so much the losing, it was how they lost. State could not score. They still haven't scored a first-quarter offensive point in an SEC game. Think about that. You've had seven quarters, no points offensively, just a kickoff return. That was an exciting 12 seconds at A&M and a field goal. The defense has had its flashes, but never more than a couple of quarters strung together with the exception of Arkansas, and that's because more about ineptness in Fayetteville than it was the Bulldog defense. So disorganization, um, a lack of energy around the program, a sense of We know things are wrong. We just don't know how to fix them. So that contributed to the, as Zach Selman saw it, and frankly, as most fans saw it too, as much as we liked Arnett, and everybody wanted him to succeed because it'd be a great success story, the fast move had to be made. Now, the fast fix, Selman indicated to me that he wants to make this as fast as possible. He told, of course, as I noted, to the um, press and fans, that uh, don't believe any names you hear out there. He's going to do it himself and get it done as quietly. Uh, Greg Byrne pretty well succeeded in that. It was right up to the last day when you knew it was down to Dan Mullen and Kevin Wilson, and really within a couple of hours of the hiring, that it was going to be Mullen. If Selman can keep it that quiet, all the better on him. But with the transfer portal opening on December 5th, early signing period December 20th, already players looking to the portal, more guys considering it. Schools sniping at Mississippi State. You know the NIL offers are going to come in to some really the skilled players that you do have coming back, uh, i.e. Xavier Thomas. I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting a lot of uh, chatter down from Louisiana way. You can name a handful of others on the special teams as well. So Mississippi State needed to do this quickly. And oh, by the way, there's still the option for a bowl game. And oh, by the way, you still got to play two regular season games to get there. And we've almost totally overlooked the fact that Mississippi State is playing this Saturday morning, Southern Mississippi. Under normal circumstances, we'd have spent all week building up to that. The resumption of, uh, I thought Greg Knox summed it up. He wouldn't even call it a rivalry. He just called it a series. I think he was getting a little bit of a shot in there, but uh, uh, so much the better. 
But now the key to him is getting guys motivated. Uh, will the coaching staff be motivated? Yeah, they're all looking for jobs, but they've also know that the worst thing they can do is mail it in against a G5 team on your home field. I don't expect a big crowd there, but certainly would like to see more fans turn out just to cheer on the guys who do decide to play for Mississippi State this weekend. Uh, parenthetically, I told a vice president of university before the decision was made, I said the last thing I really want to hear is Zach Garnett booed on his own field, which was going to happen for better and for worse. I'm not going to argue if that's a sign of fan degradation or not. I think it's more a sign that when fans have to pay what they're asked to pay to be a part of things, well, you get a little more leniency if you want to show your temper. Just me talking. That's just me. I've come around on certain things like that because as the money escalates, what was it Cindy Lauper saying? Money changes everything. Well, it certainly even changed our attitude towards Bulldog football and college sports in general. But now you have a chance for fans to come out there and cheer the guys. And Knox struck a great note. You're going to hear it. We're going to plug in Knox's interview from Monday morning when he was presented as the interim head coach. And by the way, he's got a 2 and one record there with a bowl win at Mississippi State, a regular season win with Florida over Florida State, and a bowl loss there. He's done this drill before. He's entirely comfortable. I have his report from Friday, uh, Wednesday's SEC teleconference. You can read that on the site if you can get through all the hot board mentions and everything else going on with the coaching search. Because the Bulldogs still have a game to play against a Southern Miss team that's now got a two-game winning streak coming in, a Bulldog team that's on a three-game losing streak. Um, how did those lines collide on Scott Field? Well, should Mississippi State win? Yeah. But we just don't know what the attitude is. We certainly don't know how this staff will handle calling their own plays. Well, they've been given free reign by the coaches, so maybe we do. But maybe you see a little change in emphasis now that they're basically coaching for their own futures as well. The coordinators, Kevin Barbet and Matt Brock, and some assistants there who are coaching either for jobs outside or to say, look, you need to keep me around. And I think we can all settle on at least two, possibly three members of this staff that we really do want to keep around for Mississippi State for coming years, both for recruiting and for the coaching itself. And no prizes out there if you're pointing to wide receivers and defensive line coaches. Those I would definitely keep and certainly make a try at keeping Eric Mealy on special teams. But you know he's going to be in demand out there as well, especially if there's some thought that he could take a kicker with him. Hey, that's also how the business is conducted these days, too, with assistance in the transfer portal era. So Mississippi State has a game to play. And if you win it, Mississippi State should win it, but you, again, in the state of mind the Bulldogs are in, you just don't know, but you win it, get to that fifth win. Even however the Egg Bowl turns out, at five wins, the Bulldogs can still qualify for a bowl because it looks like there will be some open slots left for schools with high enough grade average. Mississippi State is top 20 in grade average coming into this year, and already I think think about a dozen, maybe more of the teams ahead of them in APR are bowl legitimate anyway. So that really increases the odds. I think, well, who was it? Jerry Palm said already has the Bulldogs book for a bowl this year. Do you want a bowl? Absolutely. And not just for the money involved the marketing, the promotions opportunities, but it's a chance for all the dogs who don't opt to the portal and who want to play another game to put some tape there for their coaches. Or again, in the case of several seniors, just to play one more time in a Bulldog uniform. And you know what? With these guys, that still matters. But you've got to win Saturday. 
Uh, you lose that one, you might as well just mail in the Egg Bowl score and try to get on with the coaching search and in maybe the Friday morning after the Egg Bowl, present your new head coach. Heck, if you lose this weekend, I'd present the new head coach before the Egg Bowl. But uh, again, that's just me getting a little emotional at this point. So uh, scratch that. Let wisdom prevail. Okay, wisdom also says it's time for me to shut up, to give you Greg Knox's interview as well, and to put in a plug for the doghouse. If you like what you're hearing, or if you're just interested in what you're hearing, give us a like on Apple Podcasts. How about it? This has been the Doghouse on the Believe Podcasts Network, and this is your host, David Murray, and it's still Bulldog football season. Check out our information on Gene's page 24-7 because we're going to have plenty of it. Steve and I will be shooting a video as we turn our attention towards the game that is here to be played, but also talk about the coaching search and other things going on. And oh, by the way, Bulldog basketball, 3-0 start. We have our game story up from Tuesday night's victory of North Alabama, and that's a team that's winning without Tolu Smith. So it's always good to see, even better, when Tolu gets back. Okay, let's hear what Greg Knox has to say. Thanks for checking in. This is your host, David Murray, and we appreciate you listening on The Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Some familiar faces out there, and I guess up here, huh? Uh, it's been a, a Monday morning. It's been a Monday morning. Uh, I want to first say thank you to... Uh, Dr. Keenum, I thank Director Mr. Selman uh, for giving me this opportunity again. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Coach Arnett, who gave me an opportunity to come back to what me and my family has always called our second home. Uh, excited to be here, excited for this opportunity. One thing in my life that I've been privileged to do is uh, make an impact on young men. And so, uh, that's what we're going to do here in the next 10 days. We have two games coming up in 10 days, and uh, we're going to try to win the state title. Okay. Coach, uh, obviously this is not your first rodeo, but you know, you have been interim head coach. Just talk about the approach this time, and would it be anything similar to that? Well, uh, it's very similar in the fact that uh, I'm going to be me. I can't be anyone else, so I have to be the person I am. Uh, energy, effort, attitude, uh, demanding attention to details, you know, those are the things that I'm going to continue to do and continue to be me. Uh, I, like I said before, the last time I was here, uh, I'm not Dan. I can't be Dan Mullen. I can't be Zach Arnett. You know, I'm going to be me, you know, and so. That's the, the statement I've got to try to get across to the kids. The same guy they've been seeing every day, they're going to continue to see him. Well, I'm sure the process has probably already started, but just going to take us through getting up with recruits and, and guys up on the, on the board for you guys and what kind of the message is to those committed and those you're still recruiting. Well, we're talking to, we called every recruit, uh, or we're going to be calling every recruit that's on our board and uh, that's committed to us. And just in uh, reaffirming, you know, their commitment to just hold tight and uh, just let the process play out. Uh, Zach, someone was just talking about kind of making this move because he felt the team needed a bit of a jolt of energy. I guess how do you guys, as a staff, you kind of try to implement that after losing the last few games to try to get that energy back for the last two? Well, for me, uh, as uh, the interim head coach, I talked to the staff this morning, and again, we're going to go out and, and be who we are. You know, and I want the coaches 
to understand that. Just go out and be yourself. Don't try to be anyone different. You know, go out and do the things that's going to help us succeed and be a professional about your job. Coach, uh, you've had some success as an interim coach. Uh, what, what's the key? You know, what's the message initially you know, to the players to keep them bought in and not just kind of play it out the string? I think it's, again, you look at our senior class. Uh, we want to make sure that those guys who dedicated themselves to this program leave the right way. And so they're not playing uh, just for themselves. They're playing for this entire team and this program. It's not the name on the back of the shirt. It's also the name on the front of the shirt. So uh, I, I think that's what we all have to understand and, and go out and just do our best every day. Justin? Given the, uh, I guess, uncertainty over the next couple of weeks, even with the, the coaching staff, what are you guys doing in terms of, of roster retention with, with the portal and, and talking to guys who lead those types of conversations? Well, the recruiting office is working on that. We'll continue to have conversations with those guys uh, as that time approaches, you know, as we get closer to official visit time when we're bringing kids in. Uh, right now, uh, we're just making communication with and letting them know, you know, the things that are going on here and keeping a wide open channel. David? The other night, Jeff Johnson couldn't know what was coming. We made a comment at the end of the game said there's always something to play for when you sit on the field. How can you take that attitude and translate that to the team that there is something to play for here? Well, he's right. He's 100% right. There's always something to play for. You know, and, and I think, is, again, it's that name on the front of the shirt and that name on the back. You know, that name on the back is what you carry the rest of your life. And, and so people will remember that name. And also the name on the front is what you're attached to. You're attached to, that gives you a platform, the name on the front does. And, and so having that platform, you represent that platform. And so that's, uh, I, mean, I think Jen is, is, he hit the nail on the head. There's always something to play for. And, and at 4.15 today at 4.30 when we meet as a team, uh, that's the message I'll definitely get across to them. Obviously when Coach Arnett was promoted, it was under you know, tough circumstances you know, for the team and the players. What did you think of the way he kind of you know, gave the program the stability that they were looking for at that time, kind of how he got the, the players to you know, come back and, and play you know, this year with, with heavy hearts, obviously? I, I think that Zach did a great job. I talked to him this morning. We had a a brief conversation and we talked about uh, I told him how I appreciate the things he did on trying to instill the toughness in this program back into it uh, again I was here for nine years and to come back and be a part of the program again I, I saw where he really really dedicated himself to the toughness of this program that's how this program was built on toughness you know and uh, he really really worked at it daily you know of uh, getting the kids to, you know, practice hard, work hard, play hard, all right? Because this is a tough nose program. Anything else? Last one. I want to follow up as well on what you were saying about Jed earlier. I guess just how important are guys like Jed, you know, Bookie Watson, the, the veterans who have been around and kind of getting guys through these next couple of weeks? Those, those guys are very important. You know, they're, uh, they're what we call our leadership council. And I'm going to meet with those guys today and Again, they're the, they're the backbone of this team, you know, and the things they do and the things they say, uh, they, they, they carry big words with them. So, uh, Jet, again, he uh, has been a leader ever, ever since I've had a chance to know him and get to know him and watch him and watch how he plays, why, how he carries himself. Uh, that's impressive. 
and, and that's what I expect to see from every bulldog. You know, the way you carry yourself, the way you go to work every day, the way you come prepared, the effort and attitude you bring, that's what we expect to see as a staff. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.